Hi, and welcome to the RPG Academy Show and Tell. Show and Tell is a show where we like to bring on somebody in the RPG space doing something cool and talk about what they're working on. I'm Mo, and we're talking to Mikey Ham, designer of Slug Blaster. Yeah, hi, I'm Mikey Ham. I'm a designer. Uh, I live in Edmonton, Alberta, and um, this is my first major game. Uh, Slug Blaster, which is basically, um, it's about teenagers who have hoverboards and they go to different worlds to film tricks and have adventures and escape from the problems at home. And um, yeah, basically it's, if, if I was just thinking if there's a way, if there was a way to get to um, like an alternate universe, um, teenagers would be the ones to uh decide to do it no matter how dangerous it was mm -hmm. and then i just sort of thought about what would spin out from there it would probably become like a subculture action sport it would become like a moral panic and there'd be concerned parents and then there'd be corporations who'd be offering sponsorships to these teens because it's the hot new thing so it just sort of deals with all of that stuff um and that's yeah you just sort of play in that world nice I really want to talk about that and um, figure out where the slugs come from in this. But first, <laughs> um, how'd you get into game design? And why'd you decide to make a game? Well, I, I don't know. Probably like a lot of people, I started playing D&D when I was a kid. And, you know, you can't keep your hands off of it from tinkering with things and making up your own mm -hmm. monsters and thinking up, oh, I'd want to fix this and this and this and Stuff. So, you know, I was always sort of dabbling in that. And then um, um, over the last 10 years, I've kind of had this idea for this world that I talked about and really want to sort of explore teenagehood and and themes like that. And so I, I wrote a couple short stories um, set in this setting and drafted a novel that didn't work and, you know, that kind of stuff. And then finally realized, you know, this is this is probably just best as a game. And so I thought, hey, I, I've had these sort of ideas for um, how I'd want role-playing games to work and my ideal role-playing game. So I was like, I'll, why don't I um, want to use this setting? And then, so I made a couple attempts at that with different, different systems and mechanics. And then when I read Blades in the Dark, I was like, oh, this is a good fit. The, this does cinematic action well. Um, mm -hmm. This, you know, there's this all this crew building stuff, which seems to fit. Um, I think this is a good starting off point. So that's when I kind of started working on this in earnest, I guess. Yeah. Nice. Um, where are the slugs? <laughs> the slugs. Well, these worlds, uh, these these alternate dimensions are very are most of them are, are really sort of wild, untamed um lands or like the ruins of other civilizations and there's all sorts of big uh bugs and stuff that roam around and mm. slugs are one of my one of the favorite ones that are one of my favorite ones and um so that's where the slugs are why it's called slug blaster is more a case of uh it it was two cool sounding words that kind of evoke the feeling of the game mm -hmm. and i used it as the sort of placeholder name the code name and mm -hmm. uh it people liked it too much so it just stuck and then i kind of retrofitted everything 
I where I now these kids who do this sport are called slug blasters. So it kind of yeah. I kind of retrofitted a history uh, of the word onto it, but in reality, it was just you know these words sound cool. It evokes something. Um, I think that's more important for a title of a game, anyways. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, that's where the slugs are. There's definitely slugs in the game, but it's uh, <laughs> it's. Uh, yeah, it's it, it probably makes more sense in terms of vibes than uh, than literal. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, taking a look at the art, I was really uh, impressed by how kind of grungy 80s, almost Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles it yeah. was. And um, yeah, like, yeah. Well, yeah. Teenage Mutant, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like there's a lot of there's a lot. That's a good touchstone because, you know. You got sort of the skater culture. You yeah. have uh, you have the ooze and the slime yeah. and stuff, which I, I there's a lot of that in this game. And yeah, you know, it, a lot of people think this game like takes place in the '90s. I, that's sort of what I hear when people pitch the game. They say it's it's like a '90s Blades in the Dark or something like that. Which um, you know, I it makes sense because the game has a lot of aesthetics of the '90s and like I'm. I'm I'm very aware of that. Like mm -hmm. I put a lot of that aesthetic in, um, but it it's actually doesn't take place in the '90s. It takes place sort of in a mishmash decade, and it's actually a little bit more modern. Like there's social media and smartphones mm -hmm. and stuff in the game, but I think it just makes sense because I was drawing from a lot of my childhood and stuff, and I grew up in the '90s, so it makes sense that a lot of that stuff would would end up in it. And right. you know, and in the same way stuff like slime um just ends up being like a core component of the game even just because it kind of felt right right it's, it's the same there's lots of that in the kinds of saturday morning cartoons that mm -hmm. that i was you know steeped in um as a kid that's kind of coming out in this game so somebody was watching nickelodeon that's Double right game. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. um what kind of you, you've, you've given us a lot of the, the vibe of this game. Uh, what kind of feelings are people going to get playing the game? Like what kind of, yeah. How, 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 how are you promising to make me feel as a character <laughs> in slug blaster? Well, I kind of want to make you feel two uh, sort of distinct things. Cause there's, and the, and it sort of lines up with the two distinct phases of play. I want you to, um, I want you to have, like gonzo fun radical adventures where mm -hmm. you know um where your characters are you know they're kids they're they're scrappy but they're also like super competent in the way that they can like pull off these crazy tricks and like right. run away from these huge monsters but it's also just an extremely dangerous world very pulpy and in the fact that you know like you could you could be tinkering with a robot that you found and if you and you if you roll a a fail a monster could just pop out of the jungle and now it's a chase scene right it's right, it's right. it's that there's those kind of pulpy surprises um in the action of the game so i want there to be thrills and chills and i want you to feel really cool when you when you say um like you can in slug blaster you can 
do a, an action, but you mm -hmm. can always choose to add a trick on top of it. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not just trying to get over that chasm. I'm going to do a nose grab while I do it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and when you do that, you're, that's kind of like a, an anti up type thing, right? You, you're, you're going all in and big, mm -hmm. it's bigger risk. And so I want, when people roll those dice, when they do that trick, I want there to be like a dopamine hit and for people just to feel really cool. Um, and just have a lot of fun, just like pushing these characters into all sorts of weird situations. And, um, but then I also want when that adventure portion is done, I want the, the, um, I want players to treat these characters like real teenagers and I want them to come home and explore those characters lives and the fallout of these adventures and, um, and they, I want the game to sort of come down a moment and get a little more grounded. Um, mm -hmm. I talk about how, you know, you might have a, a device that can warp gravity, but you don't have a device that can get you out of trouble for failing your math test, right? right? right, right, right. Like the, uh, the emotional truths of the game can't be short-circuited with the crate in by the same, like, crazy adventure um, rules that, that you, you know, like the same sort of, yeah, that kind of stuff. So, so then I want you to explore that stuff. And I have these, these downtime beats that you can purchase with the points you earn during the adventure phase. You sort of then play out a more um, free form, like role-playing um, by buying these different scenes and beats to explore sort of like what happens to your character after the adventure. And, um, and I, I like that I, I, you know, everyone has been a teenager or currently is a teenager, or I guess a, a f the few very young players who are playing are thinking about um, being teenagers and looking up to teenagers. So mm -hmm. um, I think everyone has something to explore there. Um, I know I, this book is like part memoir for me in a lot of ways. Um, but I also, you know, I had all these guest writers contribute things because I knew my experience is definitely not the only one and I want mm -hmm. and it, but everyone has these cool teenage experiences. So, um, so yeah, that, I want people to explore that. I think, I think everyone enjoys doing that or at least can find something interesting there. Hmm. Um, so yeah, those are the, I guess the two feelings. And then, um, I guess in kind of like a, just a, <laughs> a more standard role-playing game stuff. Um, it's fun to be, to get your crew to be famous and get fans mm. and sponsorships. So there's, there's that leveling up feeling too, of like the goal setting for the goal oriented people who want to like, you know, make it big. You, mm -hmm. There's that whole aspect where you can, you know, you can get unlock all these different things for your crew by going on bigger and bigger um, runs. So, so yeah, I guess those are the feelings. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, as a player, uh, what kind of characters do I get to play? Yeah, so you get to you 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 make a uh, you make a teenager, and the way you do it is you you pick from five different personalities. So mm -hmm. we got uh, grit, guts, smarts, heart, and chill. So you pick mm -hmm. from one of those personalities, and then you pair it with a signature device, which is um, another pl uh, play sheet that you have with with more you know that levels on its own too, right? Um, and those can be things like a pair of like super sneakers or a pair or a gravity blaster or a companion robot or um uh yeah a reality cannon or a mega friction sword you know all these cool sort of 
devices, um, different hoverboards and stuff. So you pick that, mm -hmm. that's your signature. You collect components and um, use downtime to sort of upgrade those things and, uh, and add mods and that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, and th so those two things are your, are your characters. So, you know, the personality sort of map to a lot of the sort of tropey, um, like classic, like teen stereotypes or like, or like superhero team um mm -hmm. stereotypes mm -hmm. and so you um yeah and that's that's sort of how you go and then you also um there's tables to roll like what your family is like are they rich or poor or strict or um supportive or you know all those things and um there's a whole table for you know your personal like style like how how you your aesthetic and um a table of like patches and stickers that can say something about your character that you can have on your mm -hmm. board or whatever. So that those are the kind of characters you end up making. And I mean, they're all, they're all, um, the thing that binds them all together is they're, they're all slug blasters, right? So they're all interested in this subculture. So even the smarts, which you might picture as like a nerd at first, you know, that character is still uh, like a cool skateboarder. So they just do it in a different way, right? They're, right. they're thinking of innovative tricks and they're trying to like push the boundaries and in, in the way this sport can be done. Right. So, um, hmm. Yeah. So, was, and then the chill is, <laughs> I usually play the chill as just kind of the hap, like the kind of like um, dumb luck, like barely even knows what's going on, but things just keep working out for, for mm -hmm, them. And they're mm -hmm. just like along for the ride. They're a really fun character to play, especially if you're like kind of a more casual player, because mm -hmm. even the mechanics in the, of the, the chill, I designed to be like simpler and like, mm. and you can just kind of sit back and, um, you know, eat chips and play that character and still have a great time with a, you know, so, so I tried to like almost build those, those personalities to like, yeah, to the mechanics to reflect that personality. So mm -hmm. I don't know. It's kind of fun. Nice. Now you said earlier, uh, forged in the dark based on blades in the dark. And yeah. I'm sure there are people who are listening who, um, don't know what the heck you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Um, and I made my own Forged in a Dark game. And so uh, here's where we're going to try to walk that tyke rope. Of, yeah. Uh, talking about a thing without geeking out too hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I, how, how does that show up in the mechanics? And like, what, what kind of dice are you rolling? Yeah. What kind of moves do you get to make? Sure, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it's a dice pool game, right? You're going to mm -hmm. roll um, at least 1d6, but possibly more. Um, mm -hmm. And then I get, I would say the core thing of a Forge in the Dark game is just like, if you roll a 6, you succeed. If right. you roll a 4 or 5, you succeed, but there's also some sort of problem. Mm -hmm. And if you roll a 1, 2, or 3, you fail, and there's one sort of problem. Gotcha. So that's sort of the basics. And then, yeah, a dice pool, so you're going to pick your highest dice. That's going to be your result. Now, in... In Blades in the Dark and a lot of other Forge in the Dark games, you have um, a list of uh, action ratings, which mm -hmm. or can maybe someone who's more familiar with D&D might think of skills or right. different stats. approaches, stats or whatever. Um, so in Slug Blaster, you don't have those. Everyone just, you can do any type of action and it always just starts at 1d6. Instead, what you have is you have these little sort of pools of dice. You have one associated with your personality and one associated with your item. And if either of those or both of those things um, seem applicable to the action you're doing, 
then mm-hmm. you can choose to spend some of those dice to add to your pool to do it better, right? So there's gotcha. kind of this discrete pool of like power points, like related to each thing that you get to 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 sort of buff up your role. Um, but uh, but yeah, but besides that, there's no real like yeah, there's no real action rating list. And then um, I guess the other sort of big one of the other big interesting things about Forge of the Dark Games are, is this the resistance mechanic, which in Slug Blaster I call nope, which is just like if something bad happens to your character, like if you, mm-hmm. um, yeah, if you if you get, or in, in Slug Blaster specifically, if you get slammed, as in is if something bad happens to your character's mind, body, or gear, you know, something that mm-hmm. is theirs, mm-hmm. you can say nope and instead describe how you avoid that and all, and then you mark um, you pay a cost, which in Slugblaster is called trouble. In other Fortune Dark games, they call it stress or something else. Mm-hmm. But you pay you pay a little a little cost, but it's your choice, right? So you're basically choosing: <laughs> Do I want bad stuff? Do I want this bad thing now, or do I want to pay something bad to happen to me later <laughs> right, by paying right. by paying this price, right? So right. that's the other sort of main mechanic. And between those two things, the sort of open ended action and um like action role and the um and this nope mechanic i think together it kind of makes this that kind of um sort of swashbuckling high action um Mm -hmm. feeling right um where these you can try really big things right and the gm can say yes to those attempts pretty freely because the gm knows it can always go bad right? right so um and then but you as a player also know and the gm can also then like if it goes bad the gm can lay on the hurt knowing mm-hmm. that the that that player has the power to you know to avoid it or right. something right so you don't have neither neither party has to be scared of going big right right yeah and uh i really like the idea of resistance because yeah to your point uh you never get in that position where you're like oh dude uh, did I kill you? You know, because yes, <laughs> typically exactly. players have an, uh, a opportunity to lean into being hurt yeah. or, um, uh, spend that other resource to yeah, get out totally. of trouble. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the other things typical to blades in the dark is a crew sheet. Is there also yeah. a crew sheet? So you have your character, you have your little, your little special thing, and then you're also part of a crew. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. So you're part of a crew and, and, um, are there different crew types? There's, um, different crew types, but not full, not as, not as built out as in blades where blades has, mm-hmm. has a, a five or six different crew sheets, right. That right. you can pick in this one. You, there's one crew sheet, but what you pick is you pick your crew's brand, like their identity. Mm-hmm. So you can pick from a list of things. And all that does in Slug Blaster is it is just affects the XP trigger, right? So um, if your crew, if you decide your crew is, are good kids and shredders, um, and you get you get to pick a couple and you get a third one later on. Um, right. But if you decide you're those things, then, you know, on runs where you're either doing big tricks or or doing or like doing a race or something like that mm-hmm. you'd get po- points because you're because sh- you're uh shredders crew type and then and if you're doing it to help somebody you'd get po- you'd get xp right. because of the um 
the good kids one, right? So, mm -hmm. so it just, it affects mostly the kinds of, it's designed to try to unify the players into the kinds of runs yeah. they want to yeah. go on. Yeah. And then the other things tracked on the crew sheet are, are these, are sorry, your, your fame level and the associated perks. Um, and then the, the sort of third big thing are, um, that kind of plays into the teen, um, drama tropes is, um, your crew's fractures. So these um, these are fights your crew's having, inter-crew drama, right? And if you have too many fractures, your crew mm -hmm. will break up. And then and then it requires um, to reconciliation requires a significant sacrifice. That's that's how I put the rule. It's mm -hmm. for it's for each group on their own to decide how that plays out because some tables are going to want to do things different. Some tables are going to say, Hey, let's do a few sessions where the group is shattered and right. we, and we cut back and forth. Some tables aren't going to want to do that. They don't like having to split that up. Right. So instead they're going to be like, okay, let's have one scene right now where we figure this out. And it might be that like maybe the problem crew member, that player decides, Hey, you know what? I think this crew member, I'm going to retire. I'm going to retire right. this kid. I'm going to bring in a new kid. New we, can, we can reconcile that later if we want. But right now, this story is about that kid leaving the band, right? Basically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. so each table is going to want to do it differently. That's why I just put it that way. But. Nice. Um, yeah, I really like how it feels like in the last 10, 15 years, kind of the session zero has become a thing. Yeah, and I really like how fortunate on the games same page, right? Use the crew sheet almost, yeah, to kind of help people like agree. This is the kind of game we're gonna play. Yeah, uh, in Blades in the Dark, it's like we're gonna be stabby. We're gonna cast yeah. spells. That's you right. Know? And you know, you're continuing yeah. that by just pretty much saying, you know, if if you want to go beat people up, yeah, that's not the game we're playing. Yes. Like maybe massage your character in a different way. Yeah. And, and yeah. And those crew types, like there's one, one crew brand that's partiers. Right. And so right. If, you're, if your table picks that you're probably going to have more like party scenes and stuff mm -hmm. in your game mm -hmm. and, and stuff. But I also wanted it not to be, um, I mean, and blades does this too. You don't want it to be fully restrictive because sometimes right. you want to do something that even though it's not your crew's main thing, you want right. to go to the party anyways or whatever. Exactly. Right. And I as a GM, you want to yeah. make your players uncomfortable yeah. when, they're, when they're feeling too too full of themselves. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> right. It's like, oh, you guys thought you were at a party? You didn't know that metaterrestrial robots were going to appear and chase you out of town, right? So, right, right, yeah. right. Um, in the same way, I have a, a this sort of tone checklist that I give in the GM section that they can use in session zero, which mm -hmm. just, it basically just goes through, it's a questionnaire. It just mm -hmm. goes through some like, classic sort of things that have come up in my games that are always are like sticky a little bit like and the very first one is basically like does this does your game look more like adventure time more like stranger things or more like something in between like into the spider-verse right? right so i i think of my games as into the spider-verse like that level where it's there's crazy it's animated, there's crazy action, mm -hmm. but it's also got a real sort of grounded heart um, right. and realism to it. Um, and But other, a lot of tables like going sillier. They like playing mm -hmm. Slug Blaster as like Futurama. And I'm sure mm -hmm. there are some tables who like playing it even grittier, um, especially in the home time scenes. Some tables like to go um, really um, gritty with those, um, which is, you know, that if they're all on the same page, that's great, right? And then also just things like, you know, 
yeah, in the same vein, like let's say your character falls 40 feet and lands in some bushes. How injured are they? And right, right. like, did, are they totally fine except for some scratches? Do they like, um, do they break a bone or are they like dead? Right. I mean, characters don't die in Slug Blaster. That mm -hmm. um, I have a few different tools for the GM to make sure that they don't because that probably would break the tone um, for most tables. So I give I give uh, the GM tools to avoid killing um, people. Um, and also the players have those tools, but it's still good to figure that out. Like, so that someone knows exactly how dangerous that fall is going to be. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a, a podcast I like, they like to talk about how you could tell a lot about a system between how much damage a new character versus an experienced character takes falling yes. down some stairs, you know, yes, exactly. and D and D a first, a first level character falls down some stairs and dies and a 12th level character falls down the same stairs. And it's, it's incidental. <laughs> uh, if I wanted to check out this game. Yeah. Uh, are there any APs or anything out there? Oh yeah. So, there, there are a few things on YouTube where people play like a one shot or maybe two sessions um, mm -hmm. they can check out. Um, and then also we have an official actual play podcast that um, this awesome sketch comedy group um, in Edmonton started up. And um, and they're, they're all long-term gamers and they started playing Slugbuster when it was still in play test stage. Um, mm. And so the first season you can see them, you can see the rules start to form around them as they, right. as they play through. Um, but they are just incredible. It has, it's so well produced. It, they, they have, it all has all original music. Um, a couple of the members are professional musicians. So the music is incredible and nice. all original. And they've also released that music um, for players to, oh. to buy and, and they're loopable tracks that they can use in their own games. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, so it's called Quantum Kickflip. And mm -hmm. they're in their second season right now, um, which is a stand, which is standalone and whole new crew. So you can start in the second season too, if you want, but, um, but yeah, that that's uh, yeah. So there's both options. You can have, you can get your quick overview um, by searching on YouTube and, and then you can, you can settle in and see how a full campaign goes um, by listening to the podcast. Nice. And uh, people wanted to support you or find you in the world. How could they do that? Well, yeah, they can find me on most of the social media. They can probably find me. I don't really go on social media very much. I would prefer people to join the Slug Blaster Discord um, because that's where I like to hang out. And we have a really cool Discord. Um, everyone there is so fun and awesome. And we we make games together and we, um, you know, talk about movies. And um, there's, uh, there's sort of an in-character... Um, like an in-world channel that's supposed to be like a slug, like a slug blaster, like social media. So mm -hmm. people can talk in character um, mm -hmm. and post things in character on that. And then occasionally I will post sort of these news, um, like new news articles that mm -hmm. are um, basically like slug in, like in-world events that tables can use in their games. So it kind of creates like a, sort of like a league play-esque type mm. atmosphere where, where there are these sort of 
events that can run through multiple um, groups, campaigns and stuff. So yeah, it's a really fun, that's where I would, I would check it out. I'd come to my Discord. And if you want to support me, please just uh, go buy the new edition that we're launching right now. We're doing this, um, this game of the year edition with this awesome new box set that has um, the box unfolds to become a GM screen. It's got custom dice that are color coded to those like forged in the dark uh, result levels. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got these big fold out poster maps with like new art that isn't in the book, um, like hasn't been seen before and all sorts of stuff. So um, it's super, in fact, there's even an upper tier that comes with a, with a custom Slugbuster finger deck. Um, that's like a new thing that people are, I'm seeing players do that. It's blowing my mind. It makes so much sense is they're bringing tech deck um, to their table. So they'll set up like some ramps. They'll give every player a tech deck and it really helps with, um, you know, uh, skateboarding is such like a three-dimensional spatial Mm -hmm. thing. It's kind of hard to picture sometimes. So by having those props on the table, um, they're able to like better picture and like invent cool scenes and stuff so plus it's just fun to play with toys at the table right so um so yeah it's not like we're playing games yeah exactly so (laughs) no so there's cool stuff and um i just love the slugbuster like community the fan base like they're just taking this game in directions i never expected and fleshing out whole things and really just making it their own and it's really cool so Nice. That's awesome. And you said people could go buy it. Where can they go buy that at? Yeah. So you can um, find the new um, edition on backer kit or you just go to mm-hmm. slugblaster.com and it'll link you there. And um, yeah, you can order the new edition. And if you want the PDF, you can find the PDF on my itch.io account. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. Just, I think if you Google slugblaster, it's one of the first things that comes up and you get the nice. PD- PDF there. there. Is there a backer kit campaign going on right now? Yeah, or? going on right now. It, I don't know when this episode's coming out, but the campaign. When does it, it end? It ends on two weeks from now, which would be the twenty sixth. It ends right. on October twenty sixth, but uh, we'll be I, but we'll be um, still selling it uh, from that site even if the once cool. the campaign ends. So yeah, I guess I got to edit out the fart noises and actually get this out in the world (laughs) (laughs) great chatting with you mike yeah great Um, chatting with you too uh i I met you in person at big bad con and that That was was super awesome and (laughs) thanks for being on the show and uh you know best of luck with slug thanks for having me i think it was uh absolutely the uh yeah the big game of that con and that's awesome oh well i enjoy hearing that thank you take care thanks for listening to the rpg academy podcast We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize, but there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy, or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook. 
or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. The music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions. You 